hey, welcome to the Missio Day podcast. Check us out on the web at missiodeschicago.com. I still remember like the teachers that had the biggest impact on my life growing up. Those ones who went that extra bit to give you little more information about things or to explain things like, so what you're doing to impact the next generation or impact this generation is, is awesome. I just want to encourage you in that. Today it's a complicated message, so make sure you take a lot of notes. It's called Sit Down. <laughs> That's it. So the verse that he read, um, and you were dead in the trespasses and sins in which you once walked, followed the course of this world, following the prince of power of the air and the spirit that is now in work in the sons of disobedience, among whom we all once lived in the passions of our flesh, carrying out the desires of the body and the mind, and were by nature children of wrath like the rest of mankind. But God, being rich in mercy because of the great love with which he loved us, even when we were dead in our trespasses, made us alive together with Christ. By grace you have been saved and raised us up with him and seated us with him in heavenly places in Christ Jesus so that in the coming ages he might show the immeasurable riches of his grace and kindness toward us in Christ Jesus. When I'm asking God this week, what should I speak about as is there is a prophetic pause, which means that sounds like a license. And I'm a poet, so I like poetic license. You could just... And I heard the phrase, sit down. (laughs) And I knew it wasn't something that I should do because I was already sitting. (laughs) Like, what is, what exactly would that mean? And, and this passage came to mind that we are seated with Christ in heavenly places, although it very often doesn't feel like it, that we're sitting with him in a place of peace, of joy, the fullness of all the things that we lead, need are readily available to us. When in our world, most of the times, we can keep stock of the things that are not easily accessible to us. But yet and still, we're seated with Christ, and everything has been placed under his feet. It says in Isaiah 66 that the earth is the Lord's footstool. It puts into perspective the authority that Christ walks in. And I just want to talk about how that authority is confirmed and affirmed in sitting. And it's affirmed and confirmed in resting. And being those people who in the midst of busyness and anxiety and the world moving by us at a million times are those who can be content in our authority to sit and rest upon the throne that we are engaged in with Jesus. He is seated in heavenly places to a place he can never be taken from. Jesus is beyond the fear of rejection. He's beyond the need to be accepted. He has a heart to live with us and move with us in our day-to-day life, but he's in a place that nobody can take him from. And it says that the purpose, by grace you have been saved and raised up, grace was the empowering power. 
and raised up with him and seated us with him in heavenly places in Christ Jesus so that in the coming ages he might show the immeasurable riches of his grace and kindness toward us in Jesus Christ. We were seated there so that he could continually unfold this everlasting, ever-revealing show-and-tell. Anybody remember show-and-tell in school? Like, couldn't wait to go to kindergarten because I could show everybody this uh, remote-controlled car I had. And it was a remote-controlled car that it had a sensor on the bottom, so when it got to the edge of something, it turned around. So I, like, had it going, and it, everybody's like, no, it's going for the edge of the counter. <laughs> Boop. Nope, it turned right back around. Show and tell to show us the immeasurable riches of his grace and kindness toward us in Christ Jesus. That he's always these facet, this multifaceted grace that's unfolding before us. If only we would know that we are seated with Christ in heavenly places. Even in the midst of our busyness, that's where we are. We're seated with him. Some of the most powerful acts that have ever happened in history have happened from people sitting down. But apparently in Hebrews 4, it says that unless you enter into his rest, how do we enter into that rest in a world that's always asking for more, always asking us to be more anxious, always asking for us to be more jealous, always asking for us to be wanting more? If I just... If I just had more, then I would be less anxious, but that brings more of that. But something happens when we sit with Christ in heavenly places, when we sit with God in his presence, and then it seems that everything is accessible to us. And then we start to forget the, the, um, the things that we're missing. We start to forget the things that God hasn't done. We start to forget the frustration of life. We all know Psalms 46 and 10, which is to be still and know that I am God. Understand that he's not hiding things from us, but he's hiding things for us. And every every time we sit, he begins to unfold these, it's like origami, unfolding the immeasurable riches of his grace right before us, right in front of us. Turn to Luke 4 and 17. Starting in Luke 4 and 17, it's he, Jesus, went to Nazareth where he had been brought up. And on the Sabbath day, he went into the synagogue, as was his custom. He stood up to read, and the scroll of the prophet Isaiah was handed to him. Unrolling it, he found the place where it was written, The Spirit of the Lord is upon me, because he has anointed me to proclaim the good news to the poor. He has sent me to proclaim freedom for the prisoners and recovery of sight for the blind, to set the oppressed free, to proclaim the year of the Lord's favor. 
Then he rolled up the scroll, gave it back to the attendant, and sat down. The eyes of everyone in the synagogue were fastened on him. And he said, and he began by saying to them, today the scripture is fulfilled in your hearing. And this is Jesus returning to his home church. He's going back to his synagogue in Nazareth, which was custom for him to do. Um, to be in community, to be there with everyone and to read such a prophetic proclamation of who he was. And I would like to say that it was a very provocative prophetic proclamation of who he was. He's saying, I am the Messiah. And some accounts say that he sat in a seat that was reserved for the Messiah. Such a powerful thing. And all he did was sit down. In this passage, the word is kathizo for sit down, which also means to have a kingdom conferred upon you. Such a powerful word. And all you're doing is sitting. You're just like, I'm sitting down. This kingdom is being confirmed upon him that this is the authority that I have. And you remember in John, he says, I have the authority to lay my life down and to take it back up. Shocked. Everybody is shocked. If you ever been to a black church like the old, you know, Missionary Baptist Church, sometimes they have a throne behind the, behind the podium. <laughs> and the pastor, like, sits on the throne, you know, <laughs> nodding in approval, you know. Sometimes if a singer gets up and they're real good, they, like, stand up and just. <clears throat> <laughs> we should start doing that here. <laughs> Girl. <laughs> you get a glimpse of that when you watch like Aretha Franklin at her funeral and stuff. Just that kind of like, you just, oh, girl, you're singing right now. <laughs> but the throne, did you know that you are seated with Christ in heavenly places on his throne? So if you are with Christ on his throne, I am not a, you know, dominating, a dominant kind of, you know, we're Christians, so we're the king of everything but we are seated with Christ in heavenly places. That means you have a crown on your head. That means you should keep your head up so your crown doesn't fall off. And even in times where we're not feeling the joy of the Lord, that we are, we have all the authority of Christ inside of us. We have the authority of people who have been made to see the immeasurable riches. And even in that word, Kathizo, it's something about, like, you're made to sit down. You will be made to sit down by the waters. You will be made to embrace that. And sometimes... It's obstacles and situations that make us sit down. Sometimes resistance is just telling us, slow down. People end up sometimes in situations and in setbacks, and they're just telling you to slow down. What's the worst thing you can be called in Chicago? <laughs> Everybody's minds are going like, 
I can think of a few things. <laughs> Somebody cut me off on 290 the other day. <laughs> Lazy. I think that's the worst thing you can be called. In a city of broad shoulders where we work and we, you know, have done everything by the sweat and our brown, we like, we lift stuff and we built the city back from the ashes and we reverse the Chicago River and, um, like, it's just, you call somebody lazy, it's like, oh my God, no. It's like you slapped them or something. Because we, we work, we work hard. L.A., you know, L.A. is glitzy and glamorous. Miami is about tanning, you know. <laughs> New York is about being everything to everybody and always ambitious and running. But here, we're just like, we're strong. We're steadfast. We're trustworthy. We're blue collar. We're the Americans, American city. Call somebody here lazy and it'll be like you slapped a mama. <laughs> In Mark 10, 37, the disciples begin to ask, Jesus, can we sit on your right and your left hand when you ascend into the throne? He's like, you don't even know what you're asking for. And in this time, just in Mark 9, Jesus had ascended into um, the Mount Transfiguration. And God had come down and said, this is my son with whom I'm well pleased. He met with Elijah and Moses. And Peter, of course, said something stupid because that's what he does. It's like, let me build you a, a shelter or something. Let me do something right now. Um, and these disciples were in awe. But what did they ask? Can I sit? Let me sit at your right hand and your left hand when you come into your kingdom. And what does it say we have in Ephesians? We have that seat. We have what they asked for. They said, can I sit at your right or your left hand, please? Just He's like, you don't know what you're asking for. But apparently, in Ephesians, which is a, a treatise on our, the things we get as believers, the, our inheritance, what we receive, is in Ephesians 2. We get to see the unfolding, immeasurable riches of his grace from now until the age to come. We got what the people who walk with Jesus were yearning for. To sit at his right hand, to sit at the right hand of the Father, seated with Jesus, seeing that immeasurable riches unfold. You know, I'm a dad, so I like to sit down. <laughs> Everybody in here, your dad probably had a favorite chair, right? You know, he had a chair, he sit it. My, like, the thing that I do every week or, you know, sometimes from now and again is to see how much parenting I can do from a sitting position. <laughs> hey, get off of that. What are you doing? I hear something in that. What are you Come back, you know, it's like I'm trying to use my authority from a sitting position, you know. <laughs> Don't make me get up. I have no plans to get up. Don't make me get up. <laughs> my wife comes home and is like, what is this? What's going on here? <laughs> oh, honey, it was all right. I was just parenting. <laughs> and I think that um, as 
as parents that you can use that authority even from that position, even from a place of where you're not running. Ephesians is the letter, the epistle to the perfect church. Contains very little correction. It's a whole lot of encouragement. And it's all grouped into how we are, what our position is supposed to be as believers. Paul wrote all of these letters when he was in Rome being in prison. So he was facing all these obstacles. And why is he writing about sitting down? Because he's sitting down in prison. He can't go anywhere. He's used to running all over the world, Asia Minor, to Greece, back and forth. He even goes down to Judea, Jerusalem. He's preaching the gospel. He's a man on the move, doing stuff. But here he is in Rome, sitting, doing nothing. And yet he writes these powerful words to us, probably because of the situation he was in. You are seated with Christ in heavenly places. And then he goes from sitting to walking to standing. Throughout Ephesians, he is actually using what has become an obstacle to show our authority and our position as believers. It culminates in Ephesians 6 with him saying, Stand with your feet firm in the gospel. Have on the breastplate of, of righteousness. He is describing the Roman soldier, the centurion before him, and what he's wearing and using it to encourage believers. That's encouraging to me because I know if I have an obstacle in front of me, there is something that I can probably learn from it if only I would sit down and study it sometimes. Hear what the Lord is saying in the midst of the situation that I'm in. In Hebrews 12 and 1, therefore, since we are surrounded by such, so great a cloud of witnesses, let us also lay aside every weight and sin which clings so closely, and let us run with endurance the race that is set before us looking to Jesus, the founder and perfecter of our faith, who for the joy set before him endured the cross, despising the shame, and is seated at the right hand of the throne of God. There is something about sitting in your authority that is the core of what we're all looking for and what we're all looking to engage in is in that authenticity. The authenticity that has us tap into something that this world knows nothing about. I believe in 1955 when Rosa Parks sat on that bus in Montgomery, Alabama, she was tapping into an authority that no person had power to stop. And I am baffled by the simple, humble act it is, is sitting. Nobody grows up and says, I want to be a sitter. I want to sit my whole life. People say, I want to do these amazing, wonderful things. So in the midst of all my getting, in the midst of all of my pursuing justice, I say, Lord, 
Let me not miss the humble act that may actually bring the breakthrough. Let me not miss the simple thing. Let me not be too complex or too smart to sit down, which is the ultimate black parent rebuke. Sit down. <laughs> it can cure everything. <laughs> or ultimate parent in general. <laughs> But everybody's just run. Just ah, go to your rope, sit out. <laughs> Jesus is in a place where he can never be removed. In the Old Testament, the Ark of the Covenant is this golden hewn box that contains the testaments. that contains all the commands of God's people, covered by this golden cover with two cherubim on each side and where their angels touch, where their wings touch, is the mercy seat. It's the place where the blood was dripped to atone for the sins of Israel every year. And you think of Jesus rising and they enter the tomb and what do they see? Two angels on either side sitting, saying the mercy seat is actually arisen. Jesus has been placed at the right hand of the Father in a place of authority where he could never be taken down. Our authority is determined by our conviction to be still when we should be busy, on sabbatical when we should be working OT, at rest when the world is abuzz with activity. You have, you, this has to be something about knowing who you are when you could be considered to be lazy, when you could be considered to be avoiding hard stuff when you could be considered to tiptoe and through the tulips while I'm fighting for my life. But it is in rest and in stillness that we understand the immeasurable riches of Christ's grace to us. I used to revel in my identity being known at how many activities I've done. I hate sometimes to, when I talk to people, say, you know, I'm so busy. I mean, I could be a little busy. Have a lot of kids, a couple. Responsibilities and all these things that still require my identity to be rooted in Christ and not what I do, not what I work, but in my proximity to the King of Kings and to the Lord of Lords. Think about that fight of proximity. Let me be close to you. Let me revel in the presence of being near you. Paul is under house arrest, seeing and describing an obstacle before him. And in the midst of it is contained a message 
to us how there is no situation that God cannot use for us. To bless us, to further seat us in our authority. And to create in us the beating heart to be still. And I pray that we are those who are not known for our anxiety or anxiousness, but we're those who know that you are not your worst moment. You are God's best thoughts about you. Something that I like to do is in the morning, I will have an analog morning. And it's a time where um, I don't go on my phone, I don't go on the internet, I just try to be as analog as possible. I'm not telling you should do that, it's just what I do sometimes. And I know we have work, we have, you know, all these responsibilities, all these things that pile up to the sky and we feel like we have to get, you know, get to, but even taking time to just rest and to listen and not yearn and to not chase down the next connection is very refreshing. Allows us to be still and to hear him and to be seated. Worship team, you want to come up? I want to pray right now specifically for those who struggle with anxiety or struggle with finding a place to be seated, a place of peace, that it seems like it may be far and things seem to be very overwhelming. Um, that you would be able to find an oasis no matter where you are. Be able to be seated in Christ's presence no matter where you are. So if that's you, just put your hand on your heart and I'll pray for you right now. Father, I just thank you that Every occurrence. 